and welcome to Blaze Pod. It's Tuesday, the 28th of January. My name is Ben. Joining me on the line once again, as always, is Andrew from Roy's View From. How you doing, Paul? I'm very good, mate. About yourself? I'm good as well. Slight danger of the podcast being snowed off this morning. I was slightly surprised, yeah. uh, surprised to see the weather, but no, we're good. We're we're fighting through the weather to uh, to, to record a podcast, which is uh, <laughs> I'm sure everyone will be uh, very impressed with that. Um, yeah, United took the FA Cup seriously this weekend, so I, th- I th- thought we probably should as well, to be honest, and uh, have a yeah. little bit of a chat about it. Um, defeated Millwall 2-0 at the Den. Uh, what, was your, what was your overall impressions? I thought we breezed it in second half, to be honest. Um, I thought first half were a bit sloppy. I thought first 10 minutes they were better, but I think we just showed us class, didn't we, in second half, and we probably could have had a couple more with better decision-making and a bit of better finishing as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought... Um... I think after about 20 minutes, I was like, this is just so heading for a nil-nil. Just, yeah. I, I mean, and I, I text you this as well, but I've got like properly cosy with Premier League pitches, I think, because I was watching yeah, watching that game at the Den and being like, oh my Lord, look at this. Yeah. Look at the state of this pitch. The ball's bouncing everywhere. I mean, you know, every player's first touch is like cannoning sort of two feet in the air and they were to bring it out the air and it's just a pass along the ground. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it looked like it was going to be a, a sort of a low-quality nil-nil, but... As you say, we um, we really, uh, I think we really turned it on in the second half, and yeah, it was a, it was a pretty comfortable win for us in the end, which I, I guess you, I guess is to be expected. But then you know, Millwall have knocked yeah. off quite a few Premier League teams in the last few years, particularly. And, and not, uh, but they didn't play the best side either. That's hmm. like obviously, let's not make it like you know what I mean, like oh, we, we're so much better than the Championship or whatever. But you know, they made four or five changes as well, but. That's still a good side there, though. And, you know, I did compare the two lineups and stuff. They still had, like, your likes of Jake Cooper and stuff, who was massive for him, uh, li- quite literally as well, <laughs> um, uh, playing for him and stuff like that. So it wasn't like a, a complete second string or anything from Millwall. So, yeah, I reckon that uh, that's a, that's a, 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 as tough as a championship away fixture I think you're going to get. Real, I really do believe that away at Millwall. I think even, you know, your Leeds and your West Broms, it still doesn't have that sort of toughness as, as Millwall does they're, they're better sides but no one likes going to the den do they no not really and they were they were I mean I, I, I can't believe this so what did we talk about last week on the podcast we talked about <laughs> referees we never wanted to see again uh prompted by Lee Mason's performance um in in the previous home game but uh, Anthony Taylor was my my number two on that list very appropriately yeah. and uh, of course he ended up refereeing this game which I was not I don't think he did anything wrong did I I can think. There were a couple of times I was like, how have you not booked one of their players? This is what led yeah. me into it. There were a couple of late challenges on, I think, on Norwood in the first half, where he, just, he sort of managed to jump half out of the way of it, which is good. But still spun him round a bit in midair. And then I think I think Basham got crunched as well. I was I was very conscious of it being like key players getting flown into. and uh, Yeah, yeah. I was, I was which like, is weird because he normally loves a booking, doesn't he, to be fair? I think he's one yes. of the highest sort of card waving referees isn't it uh, waving maniac <laughs> yeah I was about to say that I thought a bit harsh but, uh... <laughs> uh, but no you're right it was it was fine um, and it, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a hugely spicy game or anything like that but, yeah. you, but you're right it, it had the potential to be a bit like that you know Millwall are one of those uh, classic always up for it kind of teams um, talking of the team quite an interesting selection from us I mean Wilder had said he was going to pick a strong team um, and that's that's exactly what happened. I mean, this is a, a you know there were I think what five changes here, maybe one, two, three, four, five changes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think both teams made five changes. Yeah, and and Sharp um, probably would have been a sixth change on most of the weeks, wouldn't he? Because he's obviously yeah. 
started against Man City and has, has barely and, started And Bessic as well, obviously, is another one who's only played, what, two True. games. Um, all the same, strong team. Henderson, mm. O'Connell, Basham, Norwood. Um, yeah, Bessic is kind of cementing himself as a starter now. Did that surprise you, or do you, do you think that's kind of in line with uh, what was kind of suggested before then? I think if we if the results, I mean, obviously since the third round we've beat West Ham, drawn with Arsenal, lost Man City. I think that's right, and I think those are three games after. Yeah. I think if those games had gone slightly differently, we would have put the you know the proper full eleven out. But I think we're we're getting to that stage now where Touchwood, I know everyone's going to be shouting and saying, "Don't say it," but. We're getting to that stage now where I think we can possibly take it a little bit more seriously without worrying too much about what's going to happen in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think definitely. I mean, we'll come on to the uh, the, f- the fifth round in, in a little bit. But yeah, that, that doesn't take place till the start of March. So you're looking at a full month of Premier League fixtures. Um, mm. And yeah, if, if things go... Well, I, th- I think it's fair to say if things go as we probably expect them to go, you know, based on our league position versus the teams that we're going to be playing... It's very feasible that we'll be like towards forty points by the time we. The, well, you uh, get two wins out of the next six, which are all they're not easy games. None of them's easy, but you get two wins out of the next six, and you, you're pretty much safe, yeah. really, realistically. I know people keep going on about this forty thousand points that you need and stuff, but realistically, I mean, if we, I'm, I think we're good enough to get two wins in six, to be honest. Yes, so do I, very much so. Particularly again, given opposition we'll be playing. Um, so yeah, Sharp started, Callum Robinson started, uh, Kieran Freeman, Ben Osborne, Luke Freeman and uh, Phil Jagielka. And, uh, possibly uh, possibly not a great showing for Jagielka, I thought. Yeah. No, I think he was the worst player, definitely. He looked really rusted, didn't he? Yeah, um, and we almost... Basically, Millwall's only chance just came from... Uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a canny bit of forward play, but pretty weak from Jagielka. I thought it was just a, mm. like, a long ball over the top and... I can't remember if it was Smith or... I think it was O'Brien, wasn't it? O'Brien it was, yeah. Yeah, that ran onto it. It just gave, just gave Jagielka just a little nudge as he was about to jump and that let it go over his head and O'Brien runs into the box. And I think Jagielka, to be fair, he gets back and puts him under a bit of pressure, but it's pretty mm. weak finish and uh, Henderson makes a, a comfortable save in the end. But that was that was really the only time, I think, in the whole game that we were in danger. There were a couple of good crosses from uh, Jed Wallace in the second half. Uh, mm. He came on and, you know, kind of... Um, Made life hard for uh, Osborne at left wing back, particularly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no other real chances for them. Um, as you say, second half, I think we really stepped it up and yeah, got a, went ahead with a, a brilliant goal from um, from Bessic and a good move all round, really, wasn't it? It's sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Good play from Sharp, really good play, hold it up, and then a poor defending from Millwall because they didn't, they obviously didn't close him down and stuff, but. Yeah, brilliant finish on his weak side as well, weren't it? So well, that made me wonder actually. I was like, is he actually left footed? Because uh, yeah, he must be. He must be right footed if he's been playing on the on the right for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just sort of uh, as you say, you know, Sharp made uh, made that dummy run, and most of the Millwall went with him. And Bessic was like, "Well, oh, go on then. I'll uh, I'll have a pop <laughs> from twenty five yards." Um, and yeah, just uh, sweeps it into the net. Um, we don't shoot from twenty five yards very often, so. I wonder if, this uh, is weird, actually, because both goals came from shots that we don't normally take. Yeah, which is... And, and should we shoot more? <laughs> uh, possibly not. I think I think, yeah. I think. think we should shoot more if uh, nobody is in your way on the edge of the area. As, as <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah. So I think it was more opportunism that we don't really get in the Premier League. I did look at this the other day, actually, just out of, um, out of curiosity. And uh, I think we take the least amount of shots from outside the box in the whole Premier League. Um, but then we don't shoot much 
at all generally so you know we're quite low down for total shots so yeah. i looked this, at it this is why i don't i don't like the total shots starts because people say oh i saw like a couple of wednesday fans at work when we played city were saying um this was city away hmm. oh you didn't have a shot on target and it's they don't really paint the full picture at all especially with the way we play we, we don't play that way we, we, we shoot and we think with a you know there's a 90 percent chance to score most of the time yeah indeed um so i, I did uh i did proportion of teams shots uh, that are outside the box. So yeah, what basically what percentage of shots taken mm. by a team are from outside the box? And um, we are second lowest in the league for that. So it's definitely a uh, definitely a ploy, which we we knew if you've watched this side for the last couple yeah. of years. Do you want to have a guess who the only team to take a lower proportion of their shots outside the penalty area are in the Premier League? Well, Newcastle bought them everything, so I'll go for them. <laughs> That's a good shout, but it's uh, <laughs> you, you're thinking the wrong way. It's actually Liverpool. Liverpool, oh, right. the, the, oh, the smartest team in the Premier League um, yeah. take the fewest amount of shots. I think the most is Man U, which, again, uh, they are not the smartest team in the league, so they take the highest proportion of their shots inside the Premier League. Um, it, it's not a total correlation, I don't think, between like uh, quality and not shooting from outside the area, but you know, Man City are like the, the fifth lowest as well, so... Yeah. Good, yeah. Good well, it's obvious. I mean, happens. you take your, you know, the, the better chances obviously come in the area. If you're taking long shot, but I always say if you're shooting from there, then yeah, if it's going to take a wonder goal and fair play to him, it's yeah. it's not rocket science that the desperate teams, if you know what I mean, like I'll take the longer shots. Yeah, indeed. Um, so yeah, I think this is more down to uh, the opportunity presented itself for Bessage and Norwood and. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it, in that stage, it becomes a higher percentage chance, doesn't it? Because particularly with Bessic, you've got you had time to well, not only pick his spot, but you know, steady himself. They had a, he had a good look at goal. Nobody chasing him out or anything like that, pressing, uh, putting him under pressure. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, I guess we just don't get that very often in the Premier League that that a level of space. Um, yeah, the second goal, uh, a nice bit of play. Jack Robinson had come on at uh, he came on for O'Connell, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Um, uh, no. He... No. Came on for Freeman. Luke Freeman. Osborne went into midfield. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. So he pushed forward into the box. Um, Sharp's on the ball again, and he, he just lays it off to Norwood. And I think it's uh, even though Norwood is like <laughs> we talked about before, he's like actually quite bad at shooting. It feels like for someone who's really good, <laughs> yeah. for someone who's really good at kicking a football, he's pretty terrible <laughs> at shooting. But um, yeah, as soon as this ran to him, I was thinking, oh, he's just going to smash this in. And of course he. Drilled it right into the bottom corner, and that was almost uh, a carbon copy of the Blackburn goal. Uh, he scored, oh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, good shout. Which, yeah, another, another obviously really good fit. He is a uh, this is the thing we've seen him like you know, he says Jerry a shoot and he goes miles over the ball, but in certain situations, he's just got such a sweet shot on him. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lovely finish, and uh, yeah, we had some, uh, we had some other chances as well. Um, poor old, poor old shop. Hey, let's talk about Billy Sharp actually, just uh, in mm. some detail here. I thought he was absolutely mad. This was like a joy to watch, this this performance from him. Fantastic. But, you know, a, a good old throwback to last season where he gets, you know, a full a full 90 minutes. Or, yeah, he did play the full 90 minutes, didn't he? And yeah, he did, yeah. Constantly involved in everything, you know, running onto little through balls. He obviously had that one in the first half where um, I think it's Basham plays him in, is it? And uh, he goes around the goalkeeper and it gets cleared off yeah. the line. You know, little moments like that, the sort of classic sharp poacher thing, but then the hold-up play and... Yeah, he obviously um, he ends up with two assists as well. I think obviously the long range goals, yeah. but it's still. I think they they should count as assists if you know what I mean because he he did all that work before and it wasn't like he 
just passed the ball to someone 40 yards out and then they wanged it into the net or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what he reminded me of? And he, he doesn't play like this at all, but do you remember Teddy Sheringham on his latter days and played for mm. West Ham? He reminded me of that in just in the intelligence and the hold-up play and the, and the his passing was fantastic. His sort of technique was... He just seemed like uh, mentally a step above every single other person mm. on that pitch, I thought, in an attacking sense anyway. Very I thought, much so. Just his movement and his sort of hold up. We know he's not the fastest and all that sort of stuff, but he didn't need to be. He doesn't need to be when he's playing as well as he is. And to be honest, I play him on Saturday. I think the last two performances have definitely warranted him starting. He looked, uh, he looked very, very fit, both uh, physically and mentally. I think, mm. um, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that. It was, it was, well, it, it was basically exactly why he got twenty odd goals last season, wasn't it? I mean, and yeah. he was one of the best drags in the championship. He just. He was just absolutely on the top of his game, and all that was lacking was that goal. I did feel for him. He, uh, he always had that um, that one on one right at the end, didn't he? And uh, I was uh, stood up. I mean, I only watched it on my laptop, and I was stood <laughs> up. I think he's got the goal he deserves, and then obviously, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, um, he had another moment as well where uh, Kieran Freeman. I think he tried. I think he just needed to sort of square it across the six yard box, and mm-hmm. it unfortunately deflected to the goalkeeper. But yeah, it, it was. I really, really enjoyed watching him because obviously. Um, I mean, it goes without saying, one of my one of my favourite United players of yeah. all time. Um, we haven't seen very much of him this season, to be honest. Um, and, and even the games that he has started, you know, is going up against really good Premier League defenses generally. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, maybe not Newcastle, but you know, they were they were properly sat in in that game, so it didn't really have the opportunity to to showcase what he can do. And yeah, it was uh, it was a good throwback to last season, and yeah, I think I think comfortably the man of the match, I'd say. I don't know if there's anyone else you'd. I think Basham actually. I think Basham uh, was. So I, I think Basham and Norwood in that game showed how important those two are for our system to work. I think if those two don't play in that game, we don't have anything like the control. Basham purely because he, he's got that overlapping thing to a T, and he? he knows exactly mm. when to go. Yeah, I thought he. He played that almost like an extra midfielder at times. Uh, and I don't know, when you put sort of Rodwell in or um, Jagielka played obviously the right side of the defence in the League Cup games, you just don't get it. And it does make a huge, huge, huge difference. And I thought that real And Norwood, I don't think Norwood had his best game, especially in the first half. I think the pitch really got to him and it was, you know, running away from him and stuff. Mm. But just having that quality for someone to, you know, switch a ball, it, it, because obviously we play with a lot of width. He's the only person, I think, in the team who's got that vision immediately to turn right, bang, boom, to the other side of the pitch. And I think those two really showed how important they are to the team. Yeah, uh, yeah, particularly Basham, actually, I thought he was fantastic. But yeah, as you say, there was definitely a few a few of the classic Norwood passes in this one, uh, switching mm-hmm. out to the left in particular. Where I was just like, oh, as soon as he's hit it, you're like, what a great pass that is. It's, it's just so, like the way he just sort of slices across the ball. I mean, I think there's one yeah. switch out to uh, Luke Freeman in the first half where... The angle that he kicks it, it looks like it should just go sort of square almost, but it ends up like slicing over the defender's head and straight to uh, straight to our man. It's uh, yeah, always always yeah. great to watch. But I do think I do think Sharp is. I think in the last two seasons, he, he. I mean, obviously, I've not followed his career because he's not played for United for fifteen years. But I think he's in the best form now in terms of his all-round game than he's ever been, and I I, I don't remember him ever being this good as a footballer. Hmm. Be uh, yeah, good to see him uh, more in the Premier League, perhaps in the coming weeks. Yeah, as you I, said. like I said, I play him. I play him on Saturday. I think I don't know if Goldrick's back, but for me, it'd be probably Sharp and McBurney up front again. Mm. I'd love to throw some stats at you about uh, Sharp's performance, but it seems like um, all the stat providers take the FA Cup off as well. So there's just <laughs> well, I saw at the end, and uh, he said completed passes for both teams, none. <laughs> <laughs> 
like brilliant. We've done really well. What a game! <laughs> Just infinite each end of the pitch. Like, <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, let's just quickly. Um... Actually, let's let's move this a second. Uh, let's just uh, what should we do here? Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of a you know it's kind of a refreshing experience watching this FA Cup game. I mean, I know I've been uh, quite down on the FA Cup this mm. season, but it was like oh you know a low pressure game compared to what we're used to. It's obviously high stakes and tense every single game. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, a kind of refreshing experience. I thought we fairly relaxed well, watching it. Do you know what? Because I, I, I work in and I got in and I, and I quarter to three, got stream and everything set up. And the first half, I were actually sort of half play. I play my guitar a little bit, <laughs> so I'm watching the game, just sort of quite relaxed, enjoying it. Obviously, like thinking, oh, this is really nice. Second half, I did get more involved, and I think that was because you, you know that. I didn't want to replay at all mm. for a kickoff, so I was like, "Come on!" And then I did cheer the goals and stuff. And I found that the more the game went on, the more I got into it. But yeah, the first half I was sort of so relaxed. You're like, it was almost like watching a friendly game to me. Yeah, and I, I think it, it really shows the the difference when you're not making eleven changes or you're just running out like a total reserve team that just mm. look like they're running into each other half the time. I mean Yeah, with um, the file game I didn't go to that and uh I watched that literally like on my phone, like sort of laid in bed. Not in bed, but you know on the top of the bed, sort of so so relaxed. This was much more you know, I was much more involved in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um let's let's give out our alternative man of the match because um I have a feeling that some, we'll, we'll focus on a couple of the fringe players in this section. So that's okay. a, a, good, uh, a good segue point here. So, yeah, this is brought to you by the Demblades fanzine. Uh, just like the fanzine, this alternative award tries to bring to light something that maybe didn't get the mainstream attention it deserved with Sheffield United. So, yeah, where, where do you want to start? Have you got a nomination in mind? I'm certainly going to bring up a few of our, our fringe players in this and how they played. Well, I've got one, and it's Leon Clark, and Ooh, it's just purely because every time you think he's played his last game, he pops up again. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw him warming up and coming on, like for Robinson, I was like, it's just incredible. I think, like, it's been two seasons now. I can't. There's no re- rumors. I don't think of him leaving, or sort of. There's nothing, you know, concrete or anything like that going around. And no. I just get this feeling that he's gonna, you know, if we get to the Champions League or something, he's gonna come on against Real Madrid, you know. <laughs> One minute to go. Let's get Leon on. Yeah, and I just think it's. It, I, just, I don't know why every time he comes on, I start laughing. And I just because yeah. he, he should have left. <laughs> you know, he should. I liked him as a player, and I still, you know, I think he played well when he came on. To be fair, set that chance up for Sharp and stuff. But I don't know. I just find it genuinely funny that with you know Leon Clark, we're a Premier League club, and Leon Clark at thirty five is still coming on the pitch for us, and he's still playing all right. So yeah, yeah I want to give it Leon. It, it just seems like part of the furniture now. <laughs> it just it just can't be killed, can it? You just can't get rid of him. It's like Freddy Krueger. That's it, or something. Yeah. yeah. I just every time I see him, I like the League Cup game. That's his last game for his <laughs> FA Cup against That's the last time we'll see. And he just pops up, even coming in the league. It's incredible. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. I see people saying it like when he scored against Barley, it's like, oh, isn't it nice that Leon scored in his in his last appearance for us? And I'm sort of like, he's going nowhere. He's going to be a tall. He's going to outlive Wilder, I think. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe he will. T- maybe this is the the plan all along. He's been uh, he's been groomed as the uh, the next manager of Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah, who knows? He's, yeah, he's, so... the, he's the successor, the prince that was promised when uh, when Wilder eventually <laughs> leaves to join. Yeah. 
I don't know, whichever... Maybe he's picking the team. I don't know, really. Maybe he's the one who... He's the... I mean, it all sort of came together once Leon Clark came in, so... Yeah, wow. I think you might have... Uh, you might be through the looking glass there. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, yeah, you're right. There's, there's no rumours of him going anywhere. I, I don't think he is going anywhere. I'm, I'm at the point where I'd be surprised if he does now. Um, I think... I think his wages are really high for a, yeah. even a championship club. Because obviously we gave him a contract, didn't we, a couple of seasons ago. Yep. When he went on that mental run of goal scoring that he went on. And I think that people are put off by that due to his age and stuff. And due to the fact that he didn't... I know he did well for us at Wigan. But I don't think he I don't think he really endeared himself to the Wigan fans. Judging by the, the view from I, I got you know, on the loan updates and stuff. I don't think mm-hmm. they were that impressed with him. So it's a lot of money for a championship club to pay out, I think, for him. And League One clubs are probably not going to be able to afford him unless he takes a, a big wage cut. And I suppose from his point of view, he's in the Premiership 25. So Yeah, indeed. Um, and I'm, I know some people are a bit, get a bit sort of het up about players on, you know, Probably on the highest wages of their careers, not doing anything for us. So I don't know. Ricky Holmes is a is a good example, I guess. But mm. I just think I, I think it's just a you know, if, if somebody offered me a contract to you know the, the, the most money I, I could be yeah. on, I guess in my career, I'd take it, and I'd um, I'd probably not want to leave it either. So I I don't know. I, I think it seems to be a bit of a difference. I think between Ricky Holmes and Leon Clark, the fact that Clark's involved in the squad and Ricky Holmes is just sort of God knows where he is. You know, I think Leon must have been doing something, whether it's in training or something, to to say to Wilder that you know he's putting something in that Ricky Holmes obviously isn't. Yeah, I, get, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. There's probably a, a position thing as well in it. I mean, we need, mm. you know, we generally have like five strikers in the in the match day squad or at least four anyway. Mm. Um, whereas you know, Holmes is uh, is a, he plays a position that we don't play anymore. Um, he wasn't as good as Mark Duffy, or uh, possibly even Samir Carruthers. If you no, no, to, uh, or, or Dowell, obviously when he came in. Exactly. So it's like there's not, and he's, I think he's like 32 as well. He's, he's never going to play for us again. So yeah, it's probably just not really any point of uh, even having mm. him near the cup teams, to be honest. But yeah, it's uh, a good shout on Leo, mate. I'm going to go for uh, another player that that played in this game. Kieran Freeman, yes. who, um, you know, uh, Freeman is such a strange footballer. Freeman, and he always looks absolutely shattered. Whether he's played, <laughs> he does, yeah. whether he's played yeah. one minute or ninety, he looks. I mean, he's obviously uh, his fitness levels are obviously far and away beyond anything I could personally aspire to. So I'll chuck that caveat in there to begin with, but. You know, there are, there are games uh, in the last couple of years, uh, particularly in the Cups. I mean, Barnet home, um, and I think against Fylde as well this season, where he just looked shot as a footballer, yeah. to be honest. You know, he looked like he was the game was up. And, yeah, this game uh, against Millwall, I thought it was excellent. Um, I've, written, so I've written down here that, before I knew, obviously, you were going to pick him as a thingy, that he reminded me that he's actually a decent player. Yeah, because it's been seems to be in that long that I remember a performance like that from him. I don't think he would like man of the match or anything like that, but he looked like a good championship wing back. And I can't remember the last time he played that well. He sort of fell off a cliff last year from Derby County away, I think. Mm. Where and then his form just never got back to anything like that it was like in the previous season, the one before that. So yeah, it's you know it was sort of reminding me how good he, he used to be. Yeah, I think I think you've nailed it there. I I think he is still a championship quality defender. I mean. The, the trick is, I think you and I have discussed this, I don't know whether it was on this or uh, or separately, but 
obviously he's, uh, he's excelled as a wing back for us. I don't know how many championship teams play with a back three and a wing back. And if he's if he's asked to play actual full back, then defensively he's not always the greatest. So that might limit his market a little bit. But he's such a he's such a good passer in the final third. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have any great skill or great pace. He just he just always finds a man. He's like one of these players that's been perfectly drilled in our system to know yeah. kind of yeah. like Basham does you know where Basham is not you know bless him he's not the most skillful footballer in the world but it works he, you know he's in yeah he like... makes the right choices and I think Freeman exactly. for 90% of the time makes the right choices I, I still think he's probably better end product than Baldock to be honest it's I mean <laughs> weirdly watching him I know it's only against Millwall it's only like half a team in the cup but yeah, just watching him like pick passes around their penalty area. Like I say, he just always finds a man. He knows exactly when the runs are going to happen and that kind of thing. He doesn't have any anything close to the uh, the athleticism of no. Bullock. And Bullock has definitely stepped up his game. Yeah, uh, I mean, the... I, there obviously was a debate who were the best out of those two for a long, long time. And obviously, Bullock's gone sort of way, way above, you know, Freeman now. There's no argument. Obviously, no one would say Freeman deserves to be in, but. As I said, it just reminded me that that's, there was a debate at one point, and that's mm. because he's not a bad player at all. <laughs> yeah, and, and potentially, you know, the reason he's not getting any games for us at the moment is more down to how good Bulldog is, and mm. you know, that him being the future. I guess what is Freeman? Is he like twenty eight, maybe twenty nine? Yeah, I think he's still in his twenties, isn't he? Yeah. Let's have a quick snack. He's twenty seven actually. So yeah, yeah. You know, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, I, part of me wants to say I'm surprised he's still here but then he's been on the bench in the Premier League the last couple of games as well which you know again suggests he's doing a lot right behind the scenes and yeah, yeah I mean yeah. I always have a theory about Freeman where when he scored his 11 goals uh, whatever it was in League One he had a skinhead and since he's grown his hair back I think he's like the opposite of Samson like <laughs> you know he shaves his head and he's amazing and then he grows mm. his hair back and it sort of goes wrong for him so you know shave your head again I think he should shave his head. Actually, it was uh, it was it was a good look. It, it just looked uh, I don't know. It just looked like somebody you wouldn't tangle with. I think. I bet that. Yeah, it looked hard. Yeah, yeah. Definitely and it, I think that's when he scored all his goals. So maybe he wants to think about that before. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, Wilder, make that make that happen. And when you take when you go for your every three weeks haircut, just take uh, Freeman <laughs> along as well. Um, <clears throat> a couple of those. Let's just quickly check some of these off. That uh, French players that played. Luke Freeman uh, reappeared. Is Suggests he's perhaps not leaving the club after all, as uh, mm. as it become a bit of a rumor just because he wasn't on the bench for the last few games. Um, somebody tweeted me saying, uh, "I can't believe you've not mentioned Luke Freeman's performance in this game as being really good." And uh, the reason was that I didn't think he was very good at all. To be honest, am I, am I completely I, off I the thought he really average. To be honest, I yeah. thought he really average. I thought I don't think it was it, terrible. I thought he, there were some good, real good things that he did. Mm. Um, some real like little bits of skill and stuff he did around the area but I thought yeah. the game as a whole he, he did some poor things and he, he sort of got crowded out which I suppose comes with lack of game time as well I think he's mm. that sort of player as well where he, he you know he, he needs to be on the ball a lot doesn't he to make things happen and it's a bit of a battle, you know, against Millwall and things like that. But yeah, I, I want to give him above a six out of ten personally. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a bit of a, a sort of lazy analysis, but he did look rusty. You know, the amount of free kicks he gave away, you know, it just seemed to be like constantly confused at why he'd fouled the defender. Um, but it was like, well, you have, <laughs> you know, you've you've knocked him over. It is a foul. But um, yeah, you're right. Around the box, I mean. You know, he just—he always seemed to get his crossover, put it like that. You know, just sort of dropped his shoulder and, and stuck in a ball. So, yeah, just just not not a great performance for him. But it was it was nice to see him resurface anyway. Um, K 
Callum Robinson. Uh, let, let's see if Callum Robinson actually for the next section. Uh, Osborne. Yeah. Osborne was okay. I thought he's. I'm not sure about him defensively. I mean, uh, no. Wallace certainly gave him fits a couple of times, but no. overall, quite quite nice and tidy. Looked good. Uh, good getting forward. I thought. He's clearly better in midfield, I think. I think there's no... Certainly at a, a higher level, I think that his defensive qualities are not the best. But I think he's pretty comfortable on the ball. He's obviously really tenacious. He's got good energy levels and stuff. And I think he's possibly above Freeman now if Flex out. Mm, maybe, yeah. Just because of the uh, defensive cover he theoretically yeah. gives. Up. I know I just said he uh, you know, struggled a bit against the championship winger there, but... Yeah, I, I, I can see it. I mean, it, it's been sort of in, in the squad in the first part of the season where it just sort of it just sort of come, comes on and runs around a bit, doesn't it? You know, I'm thinking of him coming on at, uh, mm. at Chelsea to see that one out, Everton away as well. So, yeah. So he's a good lad uh, as well. He seems like he, he really does want to be here and stuff and he puts everything into it. And it's hard as well because when you're not playing every week, it's hard to just pick out these odd games and say, oh, he's not very good or you know, writing people off like, or saying, oh, he's amazing. It's... It's really difficult with the odd games because they're not getting a run. I think someone like Osborne will probably need three or four, you know, games in a row for us to really know if he's going to be good enough. Yeah, and also he's uh, what is he's only like twenty five as well. And I think uh, again, apologies if we've talked about this before, but you know, he, he was in an interview. Um, he, he was asked a couple of weeks, I think before the foul game actually. You know, you is there any possibility you going out on loan? Um, and he said, no, I'm you know I'm, I'm loving it here. I'm you know the fittest I've ever been. I'm learning all the time, and yeah, I think that's uh, he, he might be one of these players that next season we're like, whoa, where was he last year? In yeah. terms of you know, suddenly looks like a real a real sort of first team <laughs> option for us. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see on that one. Um, Jack Robinson, I mean, he only came on for sort of 15 minutes or so, but looked looked pretty comfortable. I thought, as I said, he made that um, that kind of good run into the box. That, that uh, I think it was the pass before the pass for the second goal. Um, any, I think any he looks alright look, he looks brave and stuff I think he gets stuck in doesn't he I think you could see that straight away I think he's a good defender so yeah I've, I've got no problems at all with that signing yeah and uh, yet another uh, case of us having um, two players with the same surname uh, yeah it's Sheffield United I was trying to work out who would be the best Wembley doubles players with the same surname so you've mm. probably got you've got Callum and Jack Robinson you've got uh, Jake Wright Senior Jake Wright Junior if we're yeah. just doing <laughs> If we're just doing players in uh, in Sheffield United's reign, but I think uh, I think the Freemans are probably the best Wembley double side. Would you reckon? Yeah, you've got to. Yeah, I, I'd have. I'd never my first picks if we're doing it on double names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kieran won't have to run too around too much either if you're just playing into one there, I think. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd probably make a good five side team actually, wouldn't they? Those those five actually, <laughs> Robinson as well. So <laughs> potentially, yes. Right, uh, I I love Leon Clark, uh, and I'm sure he's he's probably got his name on this award when he eventually does leave slash take over as manager of Sheffield <laughs> United. So I have to give Kieran Freeman because a yeah. proper a, a proper um, return to form out of the darkness kind of kind of showing from him. So yeah, Kieran Freeman, K Freeman is the winner of uh, the Denblades Alternative Man of the Match this week. Don't forget, you can get a season ticket for all four issues of this year's fanzine. Uh, I think the first issue comes out in March, actually, so not too long to wait now. Uh, you can get that from denblades.co.uk, um, and I, I very strongly recommend that you do. Coming up in issue five, actually, which is the first issue of this year, mm. uh, a big interview with Michael Doyle and Neil Collins, which, uh, yeah. Brilliant were... stuff. I'm actually genuinely looking forward to that, because I like reading about the dark era, to be honest. Well, it... Exactly that. I mean, you know, as, as great as you know, it is being in out of front at the moment. This, 
you have to sort of search quite hard for a bit of interesting kind of behind the scenes stuff, don't you? Apart from mm. like everything's amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're, exactly, we're all yeah. the fittest and smartest that we've we've ever been. It's like I love reading that, but also yes, you're right. There is that little. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes good to just be reminded about what things were like not that long ago, actually. So, yeah, that'll, uh, that'll and definitely be And you nominated Chris Morgan, actually, for this uh, alternative battle match because of the podcast, which is definitely worth a listen on the um, official Chef United thing. So, really interesting stories from him as well. Obviously, he's re- obviously a nice guy as well, and he, he's, mm. I like, I like, he's, he's quite um, engaging, I think, as a speaker as well. Yes, yeah, I've got that saved to listen to, actually. that does, uh, yes, I'm sure that'll be a very interesting uh an interesting guest to have on. Um, so there you go. That was the alternative man match. Check out the Denblades fanzine at denblades.co.uk. Let's talk about uh, FA Cup fifth round. The draw was made last night, and United have got Reading or Cardiff away in wow. the fifth round. <laughs> Is that the most boring draw possible? Do you know what? Before, I wanted, and everyone said why, but I wanted uh, Birmingham or Coventry at home because I thought we'd pretty much just breeze past them both if we put half a team out because I think they're both poor sides. I don't know why I didn't even consider Cardiff and Reading when I was going through you know, the permutations. I forgot they were in it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how much of a boring... I, I think it could have been worse. I think I'd prefer that to Man City away or something like that. I, I, mm. I think it's a great chance to get to the quarterfinals. Um, I don't think either are pulling up any trees this season. So it's not a glamour tie, but... I, I don't. Yeah, I think we can win it. I think I'd be fairly confident if we put a half a side out that we'll win it. Yeah, I mean, you've got to feel if we just play the same team that played yesterday, mm. then uh, yeah, we we should win more times than not, definitely. And I think you've uh, hit the nail on the head. It's a great chance to progress, and then the next round is the quarter final. At that point, you are one game from Wembley. Um, obviously, we've avoided Man City, or and well, to be honest, I'm not sure if Liverpool are going to get to the uh, no, no. the next round, which is uh, a bizarre thing. We're going to talk about in a, in a moment, actually. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of dull. I mean, <laughs> it's funny because obviously um, my wife is a Reading fan, doesn't get to many Reading games these days, uh, and and even less so now that we've got a, a small child. But we did say if United play Reading in the uh, in the FA Cup, then uh, we, we, all three of us would go. It could be a baby's first football match but yeah. they're drawn the wrong way around and of course there's no replays is there at this stage no no straight to extra time penalties isn't it yeah yeah. so it, it was close but uh, but no cigar um, at least if, if we do get Reading by the way the good thing is is George Baldock's brother plays for them so I can call one of them Baldock and one of them Baldock <laughs> so you know I can get them both in there so I'll, I'll, I'll refer bases to one as Baldock so <laughs> and of course if it's uh, if it's Cardiff it's, uh, it's McBurney versus Cardiff it is yeah do you think I don't think we'll put I don't think we would play him do you think we should just like sit him in the stand making uh, rude gestures that'd be a, that's an amazing idea I certainly won't play him because he's a bit of a head case and I, I imagine that he'll probably get banned for like eight games for doing some sort of gestures to the Cardiff fans if he scores so but it yeah that's like, a good idea that I like that sit him in sit him in the uh, sit him with our fans getting gestures out all the all, all game yeah I like that yeah give him a, a wide range of stupid hats to wear and uh, <laughs> I don't get think that. Give him them, to be honest. I think he probably has them in his wardrobe, but <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's pretty dull. But I mean, uh, we avoided Sheffield Wednesday. I was, uh, I don't know. I, I think I was fifty-fifty on that in terms of, um, you know, I, I don't think I wanted to play them, but at the same time, I don't think I'd have been too upset about it either. I, I'm kind of, I, I'm in the camp of like. I don't feel like we, as far as derbies go, I don't feel like we have that much to lose by playing Wednesday in the FA Cup. See, I, I disagree with that. I think we yeah, have more to lose because it's there. It would be their cup final. I don't mean that. As, I'm not being arrogant about that. 
they're probably not going to go up. But I imagine they're still going to get a points deduction and stuff. I think everything would be on that game for them. And I just think if they beat us, like, oh, yeah, we have got the bragging rights. I don't really want to lose any of that, to be honest, at the moment, even if it's just a cup, you know, cup game where yeah. they beat us. So. But that said, you know, they, they, they are, those sort of games are what you live for, aren't they, I suppose? That's what we follow football for, you know, those mm. sort of games against derby games and stuff in a cup match. But, yeah, I've got to admit, when they come out against City, I were delighted for a number of reasons, mainly because yeah. they're going to get knocked out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a compelling argument. The um, you know, don't we we unequivocally have the bragging rights at the moment, so don't even give them a a chance to reclaim anything. I just I don't know. I just feel like I'd be like if we lost them, I'd be like, well, all right. It's, I mean, congrats, you beat half a team in the FA Cup, and uh, yeah, we're going back to playing the Premier League now. So. But yeah, yeah, there you go. I, I do agree. But it might just be because I don't know many Wednesday fans anymore, having systematically weeded them all out of my life. So because their fans seem more excited about getting us than our fans about getting them. You could say that's just United being pessimistic as always. But I do think from them, it, it was sort of a chance this season to, hmm. to to maybe you know give them something to, to to have a memory of this season because it's likely to go touch wood. It's likely not to go anywhere. Likely not going anywhere this season, are they? So yeah. No, it's a good. Uh, it's a good shout. I did ask on on Twitter the other day, like, who do you? I didn't do a poll because obviously there's uh, 15 other teams, but um, I did sort of ask, who do you want to play in the next round? And quite a few people surprised me by saying Wednesday. I went and checked last night, and precisely zero said Reading or Cardiff. But there you yeah. go. <laughs> well, yeah, you would do, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are the odds are of that, by the way? Yes, <laughs> two for him. <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> Let's not discuss that. If you have no idea what we're talking about. You're lucky. Let's just leave it at that. I, I actually found that thread very, very entertaining. Absolutely and, uh, amazing, honestly. You just got more and more absurd as like. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I won't lie. I was soothing a crying child at half past four this morning, browsing that thread, being like, yes, there's more. I'm going to get stuck <laughs> into reading this. Give me all the probability, maths. Oh, so nerdy. Right, uh, let's move fun. on to transfer deadline which is uh, end of this week? How do I not know this? It's on Friday, right? Friday, yeah. Friday. Is it 5 yeah. o'clock, do you know, or is it... Let's find out. Let's find out live. Yeah, I know. Let's have a countdown to me finding out <laughs> when the deadline will be. Uh, midnight on... Uh, midnight. 11pm Friday, the 31st really of January. Um, yeah, I feel like they've, they've kind of fought around with the deadline for a bit, haven't they? Because it used to be midnight, and then I think they moved it to like 5 o'clock. Yeah. 11 o'clock's good, that gives you, it's like feasible to kind of pay attention to it. Yeah. You know, I, I hate the I hate the nonsense around deadline day. I can't but, watch Sky Sports anymore on deadline day. I used to really genuinely enjoy it, but it's just mm. so high, I can't watch it. I hate watching Jim White and his silly yellow tie. I, I do as well, but the whole circus, you, you can't quite not pay attention to it, can you? No, I, I've even gone to BBC with rubbish on deadline day because they're really slow. Because the thing what Sky do is as soon as something slightly breaks, they're on it, aren't they, straight away? You know, mm. So they're like, oh, we've seen Callum Robinson at West Brom. <laughs> you know, it's like the biggest <laughs> news ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and they're, and they're sort of oh, all those absolute made-up fake agent Twitter accounts and people yeah, retweeting yeah, yeah, yeah. all the gospel and stuff. does my head in. It's hard, it's hard enough to pay attention to what's I just always on, but... every transfer that goes through on Sky Sports are always like, oh, there's been a big transfer. As if like a plane's gone into Buckingham Palace or something. That's how like, they, they treat it. It's this huge sort of event and it's, and it's like West Ham have signed a reserve goalkeeper. It's like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yippee. Well, talking of huge transfers, mm. we start with the, uh, the headline rumour. 
Yeah. Which is, uh, and it, you know, if we sign him, I'll learn how to pronounce his name properly. But I'm going to go oh, with well. Sand. I'm going <laughs> to go with Sanderberg for now. It's probably, I imagine it's probably Burger. Um, <clears throat> but maybe that's just me thinking about lunch. Um, <laughs> is a midfielder from uh, Genk in Belgium. He's Norwegian. He's 21 years old. We were linked with him in the summer, and that felt very much like. Uh, Kind of like we were being used to tout his services a little bit. That didn't Definitely. feel, did not feel like a feasible thing, and it was never really mentioned by the club. I don't believe. No. Um, suddenly, this has some credence. We've got his agent on Sky Sports News saying we've been in for him, but uh, I think he said we the valuation wasn't right. Is that is that right? You saw that, and I didn't. Yeah, they basically said we've been in contact with him, uh, talked with him for two weeks, but we are still a fair bit away from getting something done. This would blow my mind if we signed this guy. I'm not because... talking about I spent about an hour on S2 forum yesterday telling everyone he's definitely not going to sign. <laughs> he's just trying to... just to try and get people's expectations down. I just can't see it. It's a It's one of the like most sought after midfielders in Europe. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking. I mean, I think it's a seventeen million, kind of twenty million has been reported. But from from what I know about him, which is not masses, but you know, having you know read a bit about him, seen like uh, you know Jay's put out the the classic radar yeah. of his uh, you know his, his statistical impact and what kind of player he is and. 17 million looks cheap and that's why I don't think we're going to sign him because I just I just can't see how he ends up at us and not someone else because at 21 his value is surely only going to go up yeah. he's obviously played in the Champions League already if you watched uh, if you're an avid watcher of Liverpool this season uh, he's played against them a couple of times yeah. for Genk in the Champions League um yeah, it, I mean it, it sounds like it'd be a phenomenal signing and completely a complete shift from all our transfer policy up to this point. And all right, that that policy has got to shift at some point. But yeah. this is a hell of a transition. So, yeah. I just I don't... don't see it. It just doesn't seem... It doesn't seem like it's us. It doesn't... I don't I don't know. I just can't... Not for one minute do I... I can I envisage him outside, you know, the ground with the scarf? I just... I've not even... I mean, I've, you've got, I've just looked just now as, as you were talking. You've got to join the Genk Forum. Uh, like register for it and I've not even done that yet which is normally I've got you know piles of quotes of people that we might sign just in case we sign him I've not even bothered joining to this forum because I've that sort of I just don't believe it's going to happen yeah I think I mean let, let me make the case we we definitely have the money for this kind of yeah. transfer um, which was was kind of banded about in the summer you know I remember when McBurney signed he was like well you know uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but you know, it's like the you know the club had broken their transfer record for like the third time this summer, and you know, he said something like, and uh, they might break it again. And I don't know if that was a throwaway comment or whatever, but you know, the other thing is, we're uh, impartial observers think we're like ninety-five percent likely to be in the Premier League next season. So you know, yeah. from his point of view, it's like I'm looking at a minimum of eighteen months Premier League football here. I get to play in the Premier League. No disrespect to the Belgian league, and you know, he's playing in the Champions League this season. But being in the Premier League is is great for your career. That's you know, potentially uh, potential stepping stone, I suppose. They like the play as well every week, which you probably won't get at Chelsea and or wherever else is uh, rumored to be linked with him. Very much so. As we have spent the last five months disproving, we are not basic, direct, rock-bottom football. We're actually a team that are being talked about by teams, by managers like Klopp and Guardiola as one of the most sort of 
progressive, innovative, exciting teams in the Premier League. That that has definitely counted, I think. Everyone yeah. now knows what a great manager Chris Wilder is. So that's the case. I could see if you're 21 and you're thinking, it's time for me to take the next step in my career in Europe and you know potentially set myself up in my career, You know, get better as a footballer and also potentially get a, a lucrative transfer in maybe three or four years' time. This feels like a good one. So that's that's the case for it. But at the same time, I just it's it's so far away from anything we've done so far. I mean, we were all stunned when we spent twenty million on McBurney or whatever mm. it was. But but that made sense. It was a championship player who we all young knew championship about. striker. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a huge leap. So I'm I'm very much. Uh, the only thing I can think of is if if Jostein Flo, Roger Nielsen, Fjord, often Eric Tom has <laughs> had a word with him and said. Yeah, you you want to uh, you want to sign for these, uh, but it just does. It just seems unrealistic or, or unbelievable. So I'm not going to think about it from the moment we stop talking about it now until it happens. As I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm refreshing the uh, transfer rumor thread on the S2 forum. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Wilder did say in an interview at the end of last week that we had a new, we were close to a new signing, but I doubt this was it. Um, I can't I see it. Similar. That said, the the rumors have dried up a little bit, haven't they? Yeah, Josh, Josh Brownhill is the other name that's kind of been thrown out there, the uh, Bristol City midfielder who um, always looks good against us. I, I wouldn't mm. mind uh, us picking up. I think there was about seven million for him. I think is... he might be Burnley bound. I went on the Bristol City forum actually before we did this podcast to have a quick look and uh, they were saying that Burnley recalled Naki Wells and they believed that there could be a swap deal in place. I sound like I'm on Sky Sports now, don't I? You do, yeah. <laughs> Your sources uh, yeah. understand. Yeah, uh, they believe there's a swap deal in place for Wells maybe with Brownhill or maybe even Vidra going to uh, Bristol City they certainly think he's going to leave but they want him to leave with a player exchange and I don't know if Leon Clark has that same sort of appeal that Vidra does how dare you how dare you I know I, I get the man at that so you know <laughs> yeah true um, one one bit of golfs that, uh, that looks like coming off and I've got to hold my hands up here I was I was dead wrong by the looks of it and you you absolutely nailed it Callum Robinson looks like he's yeah. on his way out the door on loan to West Bromwich Albion. What do you uh, what do you think of that? Um, do you know what? As I said it, I'm surprised because as the window went on, I didn't think there, he's obviously been coming on as a sub. He even started against Man City, didn't he? He started in both cup games. I thought, yep. well, yeah, he's staying, which is fair enough. I I don't know. I think he's. I wouldn't be that against it in a way as long as we replaced him. But I am mm. a bit conflicted. I still think there's a player in there, but he just still seems at half pace when he starts. I think he's been pretty good as an impact sub. Uh, Arsenal, Man United and whatever. I think he's come on and, and done some good things, but I think he's got to be fifth-choice striker now, hasn't he? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, but uh, you know, fifth-choice striker, you're only one, I don't know, one McGoldrick injury that takes longer than two weeks or mm. something like that to uh, suddenly become in the frame. I'm um, telling you, Leon's mm. going to be back in. He's going to be first-choice striker in a couple of weeks. Robinson's going to be uh, going to be off. We'll have a few injuries, and it's going to be Leon up front on his arm. <laughs> it, it very much suggests to me if Robinson's going that we're going to bring in another striker. Yeah, I would have um, thought so. I, I wouldn't want to lose Robinson if we're not going to bring anyone in. No, uh, and whilst you know Sharp's uh, injury record, Touchwood is is decent. Uh, that would leave us with four strikers, three of whom are in their mid thirties. Uh, five strikers, three of whom are in their mid thirties. Sorry, Clark Sharp and, uh, and McGoldrick. Um, and obviously, Musa is uh, is not you know he is not at the fitness level of a you know proper Premier League footballer. No, he's not. So. he's not. I think I really, really am excited to see Moose next season. I'm talking about this to a friend, saying that if we can get the, uh, this fitness regime, you know, what, what we have in pre-season, if we can get him anywhere near 
to the levels of the other you know lads in terms of fitness. What a player he's going to be. Yeah, it, it, uh, this is a major galaxy brain here, but in, in some ways, you know, this kind of drop off in uh, in goal scoring return from Musa might actually benefit us because I remember the com- after he scored like uh, five goals in three starts or whatever, and yeah. the the conversation was very much if this carries on, there's no way he's here next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be in the France squad for uh, the Euros, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, I think that's died down a little bit now. So, um, but yeah, you're right. With a full preseason, woof, he's got everything. He could be fantastic. It's annoying him. with players like that because you know that if you can just get inside the heads, that you could, you, you could. He, he genuinely's got it all on it. I think he could play for a, a top top side. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it looks like Robinson's leaving. I mean, I, I, I do. I'd be really disappointed if it's a permanent deal. Um, although I imagine it might be. Um, uh, a loan with a, an option or obligation to buy if they get promoted. This is what I see it as, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't want to. I'd be disappointed if we gave on up on him that quick. I think he's shown flashes without, you know, without being more than a fifth choice striker. He's still pretty young. I don't know, but obviously the. the well, I, I messaged you didn't I? as soon as he got substituted on Saturday. Alan Nil took him to one side for a, a, a good while. Mm. Uh, speaking to him and pointing things out to him as like Robinson, we're going to go down the tunnel. I think you were a bit upset about being taken off. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's like been a falling out or anything like that, but I wonder if if we do send him out on loan, if the if the talk is you know you play him as a forward. Mm. You sure he wasn't just saying you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you did that wrong, you did that wrong? Now get out of my sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be that. Yeah, now get down. That, yeah, go and watch some Leon Clark videos. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, very, very quickly, just uh, one one sentence. If if uh, if you could pick one position for us to sign another player, um, what would it be? It'd be midfield for me for the Bessic uh, Lunny role. I think that's the that's the one area I'm looking at and thinking we could probably improve on without going mental in terms mm. of transfer fees and wages. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I think we're pretty much okay at the back, aren't we, with Rodwell and Robinson? I mean, you know, it remains to be seen how good they actually are, but in theory, they are good cover. Yeah, I think you're right. I still think, I still think, if we lose Norwood, that's uh, that becomes very problematic. So, uh, yeah, uh, another ball playing midfielder. Um, although we do well to get one uh, quite the level of uh, of him. Although you know, perhaps there's a 21 year old Norwegian playing. In yeah, I'm going to say he can fill both roles. I think from what I've seen, the little I've seen of him, I think he could do mm. Norwood role on the not at the same time. <laughs> He's yeah. not that good, but yeah, no, he could play in both positions. So. But yeah. I know some people think we need another striker. Obviously, I sent you a tweet from someone who said we need a, a goal a game striker. Which if we get yeah. a lot of those, then yeah, brilliant. <laughs> 38, Thirty-eight goal a season striker. Sign me up for that. Yeah, could, oh, that sounds like a great plan. Whoever came up with that is <laughs> a genius. Right, uh, let's take a very quick break, and then we'll just talk about Crystal Palace just to finish up this week. Right, a uh, quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. And if you're like me, football and a few beers go together very nicely. And Beer 52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to BladesPod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod, sign up and cover the 4 95 for postage. They'll send you a case of eight free beers. These aren't just any beers. Beer 52, the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer. They're on a mission to find the best beers out there and deliver it to their members each and every month. 
Uh, Beer 52 do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time and no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, the number's 52.com slash bladespod. Right, mate, let us talk about Crystal Palace. Premier League football back on Saturday. Uh, the first game this season was our, was our first win this season. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think we've, we've we've come a long way since then. I suppose arguably, I don't know if Palace have kind of spun their wheels a little bit. I definitely felt after that first showing from them that they were probably a team that was going to be in trouble this season. I did, they, yeah. They were shocking that game. And I thought we were really awful. tentative, uh, mm, as we were in all our early games. So it didn't make for a great game, but they, they are better than they showed that day, Palace. Yeah, at the same time, they're not that good, are they? Um, do you I've not just... seen them play. as I said that I was thinking hang on have I seen them play well this season <laughs> <laughs> so they sat very nicely on 30 points which I mean that's a that, any other season that's a base of like yeah they're going to be absolutely fine and it is still 7 points clear of relegation which is a hell mm. of a margin really with uh, what with 14 games to go um, yeah their fans aren't worried at all obviously being on their forum and they're not worried at all about relegation they're more sort of upset with in their eyes, like the fact that they are pretty much safe and they're playing in such a negative style of football. I mean, yeah. So you obviously been on there for them. Who's uh, which set of fans is most worried about relegation? Ours or theirs? Ours by a mile. They're not. They're, they're on, the only time relegation seems to be coming up on their radar is seeing how many points the Brighton need to stay up. Uh, yes, not, the great. Yeah, the great rivalry and stuff. But like, I mean, the, the most of the talk is just talking about how poor the matches have been. To well, I've got a couple of quotes here. Someone said, "Whoever Roy picks, not me. Whoever uh, whoever Roy picks, <laughs> it will be uh, ultra de- defensive, and we'll just hope to nick a goal because it's always the same." And then someone mm. else said, uh, "Whoever we pick, it doesn't matter. It'll end up just being like the Southampton game, probably the same score. It's just the way we play. Uh, they've been doing well at home, away from home all season. We won't like it, and everyone's going to go bonkers again." And then there's another one here who just said. Um, they are exactly the sort of team who will do to us what every other team has done to us when we're playing this negative style. They have been pretty negative. It's like 4-5-1 almost every... I think it's by far the most they've played this season. Let me just bring that up. Uh, They're not confident. I mean, they've drawn six out of the last nine, um, which is not great, but at the same time, you can also see why they're not in big relegation danger with that. Yeah. So, yeah, they've played 1,500 minutes this season in a 4-5-1. In fact, they've played a back four in every uh, every every time, basically. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty limited. I mean, they're the second lowest scorers in the league uh, ahead of Watford. And, and with Watford's kind of uplift in, mm. in finishing and performance, you have to figure, give it a few weeks, Palace probably will be the bottom scorers. I don't think they have much possession neither, do they? Well, they don't seem to think they do anyway, judging by... But... No, I don't think so. I don't have that in front of me. But yeah, they're, they're very much a hit them on the break kind of team, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Uh, they are the second lowest for XG, just ahead of Newcastle. Let's not talk about Newcastle. Uh, and yeah, the... don't what is I saw a thing yesterday. They are literally bottom of everything, aren't they? They, they genuinely are, apart from the league table. Um, seventh worst defence on, uh, on XG as well. Um, in fact, they've slightly... They've been quite fortunate, actually. Their expected goals against suggest they should be conceding nine goals more than they have done. Mm. Um, yeah, their goalkeeper's very good, actually. Uh, he, he comes out top of um, like most sort of goalkeeper breakdowns I see, for, certainly outside the supposed big six teams. Um, yeah. Very, very good shot stopper. Um, he, he's a big part of that kind of outperforming their, their XG again. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I've just yeah, got the possession and, stats up here, and they pretty much have the same possession as us. They have, they've averaged yeah. 45, we've averaged 44. So, And we're it, one of the lowest, aren't we? Yeah, and this could be a game we actually 
dominate the ball a little bit, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one yeah that we definitely should feel like we should could win. I think. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty chill about this one because I, I'm I, th- I feel fairly relaxed about the rest of the season now. I mean, obviously, give me give me two more wins and I'll be uh, putting my feet up. I yeah, think, but, yeah, definitely, yeah. But yeah, just uh, any point from here on, just inches as close to the line. I mean, it's it is hilarious that you're saying about they're not even remotely worried about relegation and they're actually three points behind us and you know obviously several yeah. league places as well. But there's a few stray comments like on every forum. Oh, we're going to go down with Tunis lost to Southampton. But I think every fan's like that, aren't they? When you lose a game, you everything's doom and gloom. But realistically, there's no talk. I mean, there's a big thread on our forums and stuff about how many points we need this season and comparing it to last time we were in the Premier League and all that sort of stuff. There's nothing like that on Palace, and they should know, because they've been mm. complete... I suppose, in a way, and it might not sound very ambitious, Palace are the team that you sort of try and emulate in the next couple of seasons in the fact that they're just a steady Premier League just club. Just there. Yeah, they're just there, <laughs> yeah. Which sounds boring, but, you know, I think we'd have all accepted that at the beginning of the season, wouldn't we? Yeah, I guess they're quite... Palace are a bit more high variance than, uh, like, Burnley, aren't they? I mean, they, mm. they, last season, they, like, just barely... I feel like they start every other season by not scoring a goal for five games and and then suddenly they go and win at Man City and yeah. Anfield and stuff like that. Well, there like is that. talk of that. They say, like, this, for, like, for them, this has been an unbelievable start to the season. They're saying, like, it's been a fantastic start and they normally end the season better than they started. So that, I think that's maybe another reason why they're not worried about relegation because, it's, for them, this is a brilliant place to be and I think, what, are they, are they ninth? Uh, no, a bit further back. A bit further there, back 11, now, are they sorry? 11, yeah. yeah. So you know, for them, this is like a a, a really good start. So mm. it's, it's, they're a strange, strange team because a little bit. I don't think they're as bad as Newcastle. Don't get me wrong, but they're a little bit mm. like that. And when I see them, I think these aren't very good. But then they pull out really good results against the the better sides. They're Drewy City, Drewy Arsenal. Mm. You know, they're not you're not a bad side, obviously. And they've got these players. Obviously, they're very fast up from. Yeah, I'm hoping we can. Uh... Yeah, I'm hoping we could just catch them by uh, <clears throat> not being a Man City or an Arsenal that they're uh, completely pumped up for, I suppose. Mm. They're all right at home. I just think the home form, it's, I mean, it's towards the bottom third of the league, but, you know, and only four home defeats out of 12. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty comparable with us, to be honest. I think if you're doing a Super 6 and you, you don't support any team and you're asked to, like, to do predict a score for this one, which I imagine it will be on Super 6, you're just going to be one of them and you're throwing your arms in the air going, don't know. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, but yeah, give me uh, give me three precious points. I mean, oh, imagine when we get to thirty six points. That's going to be extremely exciting. Yeah, right. I need and... another fifteen points to get before <laughs> before we're surviving. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that's a that's a good place to finish. I think. Um, right, mate. Uh, anything uh, anything to plug? Not now, not this week. Been a slow, slow week on the media front. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, obviously, people check out um, what were the, the Millwall fans. I didn't see here any uh, false leg stories on the. Disappointing, yeah. I mean, since they've moved forums, the false leg stories seems to have uh, cleared up a little bit, which I'm a bit disappointed about. But uh, yeah, but yeah, they're good. They're always good for a laugh. I think uh, the pre-match view better than the post-match actually. But I do. Li- I would like Millwall to come up. Just for for a number of reasons, I just think they'll be a, a really funny addition to the Premier League for a start. Absolutely, uh, and their their view forms are yeah normally absolute class. So yeah, good on them. They're they're a team. I know they all sing like uh, no one likes us, but like I think actually quite a few people sort of do like them. Just uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, certain so, elements of them you don't like <laughs> well yes very <laughs> very necessary caveat there. thank you for <laughs> throwing that one in before we start getting uh, getting strange comments from people um, right pal uh, so 
We'll catch up after the Palace games. That'll be after the transfer deadline as well. Mm. If something ridiculous happens in the next couple of days, maybe we can uh, maybe we can do an emergency pod or something like that. But it needs to be something really ridiculous. So. I'm really confident that's not going to happen. But I'm you know, hopefully that. on Friday I'm here, sat here talking to you about Sander Berg signing uh, and Lionel Messi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's those two aren't as far apart as you might think in terms of uh, <laughs> improbability stakes, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, we'll see. All right, buddy. Thanks, uh, thanks for your time. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up next week, if not before then. Yeah, cheers, bud. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.